Josh here. If you like the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You'll get exclusive weekly bonus stories from all your favorite guests. And you can ask me questions about the show or my creative process. Find the link in the show notes. And thanks for your support. The thing about touring is that um, you're basically on a weird vacation with no responsibility. I mean, you really do revert back to being like a young kid. You'd get to explore the country in a way that you would never explore it out otherwise, you know? And, you know, and you're hanging out with your best friends. It's probably the greatest thing in the world. Welcome to Atypical Daydream, a podcast about life on the road. I'm Josh, your host, and thanks for stopping by. My first guest is Parker Brooks. He's a musician, creative, and tech innovator. He helped launch Beats Music, Apple Music, and Apple Music DJ Mixes, and is currently the VP of NFTs at Ledger in Paris, where he led the creation of Ledger Market. In my many years of knowing Parker, we actually grew up together in Austin, Texas, I've seen him travel the world on a mission to change the music industry for the better. His story takes us to Berlin, Germany, a city that is full of wonderfully odd nooks and crannies. When I started traveling to Berlin for Apple, which was the first time I'd ever been there, I reached out to, to Horst, who was the, the CEO of K7 Records and also the founder of Merlin Trade Group. And, and I'd asked him, where do I stay? So he's like, look, you should stay at this place. It's called Michelle Berger. He's like, this is where all my artists stay. You should stay there. So as in a little aside for all of this, it's like, you know, working at Apple, it's like there's a list of hotels that you go to the website that they go, these are the hotels you can stay at. <laughs> it just is, it's really funny that anybody who's worked at Apple for over a year, it's like the, the big joke is, is that like if you're new at Apple, you stay at the hotels they tell you to stay at. <laughs> So I was like, cool, this is cool. So I, I booked the room and, uh, you know, it, it's, on the, it's on the east side of Berlin. It's an insanely cool old building and it has modern design, very thoughtfully designed on the inside. It has a great bar, has a great venue in the downstairs, has a sauna outside, outdoor eating area, a restaurant, and a really cool hangout area. So the, the first time I go there, I, I get a room and it's, it's like, it faces the, the street and it's like a modern room. It has a, it's a very small room and it has a ladder that goes up to a bed with a net. There's like a, you know, a, a stainless steel sink. It's like very, it's very brutalist, very Bauhaus mixed together. Very cool. I think it was the, the immediate next trip that I went, I, I had booked and, I told the, the, I think I wrote a little note. I was like, look, I, if I could stay in a room that faces the inside versus the street, I'd really love it because of the, the train station right out the window had buskers all night. And I was like, this is really neat for like a minute, but I didn't really want to have a, I didn't want to hear it. The second time I show up, it was, it was late at night and I go to check in and this place is incredibly cool. Like everyone's like insanely nice. Get my key to my room. I go to the elevator. I go up and, I open the door. Everything is gold. I don't mean gilded gold. I mean everything. The ceiling, 
the the blankets, the mirror, the tiles. Like it's parts of it are spray painted. I'm like, oh fuck. Fuck. Fuck, what do I do? Pull my bag in. So I sit on the bed. I'm like, dude, I can't. I just god damn it. I hate being this guy. So I look up and in every room in this hotel, there's a book. But it's a book by an author, and it's a woman, and it's about how to make what is the moment good. Taking the opportunity that you're in and make it good. And this is in every room, have you? You know, I've, I've touched the book, I put the book, I put it back on my like, mother. Fuck. So now I have like a face of the. V- <laughs> <laughs> So I'm with my bag, walk to the desk, and the guy behind the desk definitely perplexed. He's looking at me, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm, I hate to be that guy. And he's like, what? I was like, it, it's gold. I mean, it's, it's too gold. He's like, come on. He's like, you know, you know what that room is? I was like, no, 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 tell me. That's the king's room. Oh, that's the king's room, huh? That is the room made for a king. It's just two gold man. It's, and he's like, well, maybe we, maybe we forgot something. I'm like, holy shit, dude. What did we forget? I was like, it's fucking gold. And he's like, he's like, you know what? I forgot to tell you. You know what comes with the king's room? No, the king's robe. He's like, I can go downstairs right now and get you the king's robe. It's red, has white fur around it. You come home later, you can be the king. I was like, I'm, I'm going out later, dude. I can't come home. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't come home to this room. I can't. I can't. Okay. I get it. You don't want the king's room. Starts tapping on the keyboard. I was like, dude, this is really, dude, holy fuck. He's like, well, I got a, I got something for you. I'm like, dude, that's great. That's cool. I was like, is a face inside? He's like, yeah, face is inside. I was like, because I can't, I can't do the buskers. He's like, oh, I get it. So he takes the key. So we get in the elevator. And we go up to the, the fourth floor. When you come out of the elevator, you hear someone talking. And when you we come out of the elevator and you look to the left and you look to the right, there's a screen on either end of the hallway. It's playing the Big Lebowski. And it's always playing on a loop 24-7. So I'm in a, a black hallway. There's very low light. It's black, just like the gold room was gold. This is black carpet, black walls, black ceiling, very dim lights. TV's on the end of the hallway. It's like, it's like the size of a, a basketball court playing Big Lebowski. Walk down the hallway. He opens the door. What is before me is a room that's probably in a hotel size six rooms. And inside this room is another room. There's a little house in the middle. And he looks into the room and he's like, you think this will do? I was like, fuck, dude. And so it is the most beautifully built Scandinavian house in the middle. Around the house is a, is a table for 10. There's a, a German-made stereo boombox. Big Lebowski's on the television. There's a couch. There's a tub. 
There's a there's a sh- outdoor shower. There's a sauna in the house, and then around the edge, there's a there's a, a kitchen that opens up in the house. And when you crawl into the house, there's like a there's you know probably four or five beds in this little small house in the middle, and there's really nice, highly curated magazines. Smells really good. Food for days. You don't have to leave. It's the only room that has room service and beautiful flowers. So there's one rule in this room. <laughs> the fucking rule. He's like, look, if you go out, and I'm like, I'm like, he's like, he, I'm like, yeah, I'm going out. He's like, just can you just don't destroy the fucking place. <laughs> he's like, if you can promise me this, you can have the room. This next story comes from Aaron Kyle. He's a singer, songwriter, and band leader. He's fronted bands like La Switch and Geronimo Getty, and now performs as Aaron Kyle. I love Aaron's story because it's part cautionary tale of the excesses of the road, and yet it's also part circle of life. The thing about touring is that um, you're basically on a weird vacation with no responsibility. I mean, you really do revert back to being like a young kid. You'd get to explore the country in a way that you would never explore it out otherwise, you know, and, you know, and you're hanging out with your best friends. It's probably the greatest thing in the world, but it's also like grueling, like driving for six hours a day every day is like hard work. One of the first ones that was really crazy and the switch toured quite a bit up and down the West Coast while we were together. Friend of mine was managing or tour managing uh, the Raider Brothers, and they were friends of ours, sort of through the music scene here in LA. And I had always liked the Raider Brothers; like they were like a cool indie rock band. Their bass player, Sinan, who was in another band, uh, Dengue Fever, and he left the band, and then their drummer left the band, and so it was really just Jim Putnam. He had just finished a record auditorium, and like they were trying to figure out like what to do. So. Somehow, a friend of a friend asked if I was interested, and and I was I was just like, I'll play in anything. I don't care, you know. I just want to like play as much as possible. And so I started like playing shows with them here and there, and you know, you're sort of playing with like these guys that have been around for a long time, and you know, it's kind of nerve wracking. And um, I was like the youngest one in the band at the time, and I thought it was really cool. And they were going to do this West Coast tour, and I said, Hey, you know, I can do the tour if you let the switch open up. So Jim was like, yeah, sure. And then like at some point, like we were in some town uh, in California and, you know, Jim was like, well, let's go uh, buy one of these, you know, the rockets that you can sort of launch. I think he either bought the rocket or he brought the rocket with him because he had already built it. But we ended up going out and launching a rocket in the middle of a field, kind of like on the way up to Portland or something. And I always thought that that's a beautiful memory of that tour. I looked up to Jim so much and I thought he was, you know, he was, you know, in a way, a mentor to me and a brother. And he was such a big person in my life that I felt like, I feel like I learned a lot about just having fun in life and not sort of taking things too seriously because that's the way he lived. And, and it was beautiful. And I always was like, so concerned about my career and making 
money and music or, or trying to be successful. And he was always sort of like the sort of anti that and always did really well. I feel like he was such a, a good force in that way for me. And I've sort of taken some of that as I've gotten older. We ended up going to the UK and it was the first time that I'd left the country in my life. It was such a rock star treatment. I'd never really experienced it where like, you know, somebody picks us up from the airport. We had a driver during the whole tour, which was amazing. But we were also like completely broke. I think our stipend for the day was like $5 or five uh, pounds, which is $10. So like, you know, I'd use my five pounds on like a shitty English breakfast. But we were also drinking so much that it kind of, I don't know, leveled out in some weird way. And I feel like I would say like from 27 to 30, I was just like in this like constant party. The last Le Switch tour, you know, we were all tired of doing this, you know, like after being in a band for five or six years, not going anywhere, really, you know, you sort of hit a peak in a certain place. And we spent a lot of time going out every night. I ended up getting sick the second week. And this is when I was still smoking. You know, I smoked for 17 years and I would smoke a pack and a half, two packs a day. So I was smoking a lot. I was drinking a lot. We got to San Francisco and we drop everything off at the venue and the guys go get dinner. I go to the hotel and just like sleep because I'm so tired and exhausted. And I wake up. And so I had to get to the show and we ended up playing the show and I just peaced out afterwards and like went back to the hotel room and just like sleep because I'm so tired and exhausted. And I woke up in the middle of the night and my throat had closed up from being so swollen that I started jumping around the room because I couldn't catch a breath. And I'm like jumping around in the room for like 30 seconds, like trying to get some air in my windpipes. And finally, like my neck or whatever, my esophagus finally opens up. And I'm like, holy shit, like this, I could have died. Like that, it really felt like I was going to die that night. And I haven't had a cigarette since. And I remember the next day we, we went out for like dim sum in the morning. And I literally couldn't even talk to the guys. Like I couldn't, words wouldn't even come out of my mouth because my throat was so fucked up. tour we went on which was the, the in 2015 i really enjoyed it like i found my peace with sort of going on tour and we played a lot of bars where we were doing you know three hour sets and we ate well we went to every barbecue restaurant that we ever wanted to go to in the south and you know one night we were in um in mississippi at this place it's made up of old uh sharecropper houses and there's a big sort of barn that you play in the people there were so cool. Like they were so nice. They ended up having a, I think a film crew staying there. And so we had a great audience. And then the guy that ran the place, like we ended up like hanging out with him, drinking and smoking a little weed. And we took the van out. Cause I had all these, we bought all these fireworks on the border of Alabama and Tennessee. We ended up in the middle of this cotton field at like, you know, two in the morning. And we're just lighting off these like fireworks all night and we're like shooting them at each other and we're playing like uh you know roman candle wars and it was the greatest time and honestly like 
if you could have experiences like that later in your life of on tour and it's what gets people back out and doing it again you almost you really do feel like a kid again you can just have these like fun moments where it's a little you know unbridled you know and you don't have to worry so much about life you know it's pretty sweet i want to thank parker and aaron for sharing their experiences make sure to check out aaron kyle's latest release here in the river along with his other projects la switch and geronimo getty And if you want to know more about what Parker's up to, check out Ledger Market. It's the most secure platform in the world for artists and brands to release their NFTs. This podcast was created and produced by me, Josh Caldwell. Music by Visual Aid. General support and copywriting by Miranda Caldwell. If you like the show, please follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. And I hope you come back next week.